listen to these stories, not just as like hearing your friend talk, but as, man, that's evidence of what God can do, what he's done for me, what I hope he does for me. Um, as Kaylin said, if you can't stay for the whole morning, that's totally fine. We'll give you a window around 11 o'clock to leave, um, and we'll ask you to leave through those back doors so it's as uh, least invasive as possible on whoever's up here, and that's totally cool. We're recording the sermon so you can listen to the rest of it later on. Um, I want to share my quiet time that I had uh, right after Freedom last year, and it was so good, I'm going to read it to you again. And this was what I sat down and talked to Jesus about the, I think it was the day after, it was Martin Luther King Day last year, right after an amazing Freedom Weekend. Good morning, Father. Thank you for today. Thank you for a fantastic Freedom Weekend. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the new life that you have breathed into our student community. And I pray for so much more of you in our midst. Speak to me about what's next. Help me. I don't want a single one of my students to fall away or to get lost coming out of Freedom Weekend. And I just opened my Bible by faith and I read until the Spirit just said, that's what I have for you as an answer to your prayer. And I was in the book of Ecclesiastes. And what I read in response to that prayer was this, young people, right? And a little bit me. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Can I get an amen? amen. That's all right. Enjoy every minute of it. This is the God that like, oh, he's all about rule. He's telling you it is wonderful to be your age and he wants you to enjoy every minute of it. Do everything that you want to do. Take it all in, but remember that you must give an account to God for everything that you do. Now, do not let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Honor him in your youth. Remember him in your youth. Three times God exhorted us to remember him. And when God repeats himself, he wants us to pay attention. In fact, this entire chapter, if I wrote it out of Ecclesiastes, he says, remember me seven times. Remember the Lord. You guys, we live in a world of distractions. There's distractions in your pocket. There's distractions on the highway. There's distractions at home and at school. There's distractions everywhere from what's most important. And God is saying, remember me. Enjoy all of that. Enjoy life, but remember me. How do we remember the Lord? Well, you can, you can stop at any point of your day and remember God by just whispering a prayer. It doesn't have to be down on your knees and start off with, oh, holy father. Like, you can just say, God, would you be with me right now? God, would you speak to me right now? God, would you help me remember uh, what I need to know for this test right now, even though I didn't really study? Like, he'll do it. He, he loves you. Um, prayer is a way to remember God. Scripture, this whole book, every page of it is a reminder about who God is and who he created you to be. Coming to church is a great way to remember. This whole morning is focused on remembering who God is and what he's done. Worship. Those lyrics aren't just because they, oh, that rhymes. Like, those are scriptural truths that we declare in song. It's a great way to remind ourselves who God is and who he created us to be. Small groups are a great way to remember. Every Wednesday, this Wednesday, we'll gather together and we'll talk about in small groups, we'll remember and reflect, remind ourselves about what we experienced this morning. So small groups are a great way. Serving is a great way to remember the Lord and what he calls us to. It's better to give than receive. He heals us when we help others. And sharing what we know about God with others. Sharing what God has done in our lives. Telling our story is the epitome of remembering. 
Because when we tell our story, we're not just reminding other people, we're reminding ourselves. What's the benefit of sharing your story aside from, you know, you get to be in the spotlight for a minute? Well, Scripture is clear that when you share your story, when you share about what God has done, it glorifies the Lord, and that's the most important thing. When you share your story, when you share what God has done, you're pointing at God and saying, it's what he did, it's what he's about, it's what he did for me. When you share your story, it also solidifies God's work. Um, If you hear something in class, and then you never write it down, or repeat it, or whatever, and then you have your test, you're like, oh, it's gone, I don't remember. But if you hear something in class, and you write it down, and you talk about it, and then you read it again, you're going to remember. It's going to solidify that truth in your mind that E equals MC squared, whatever that means. Um, And a third awesome thing about why we tell our story, why we share, is that it destroys the work of the enemy. The more we remind ourselves by telling our story about who God is and what he's done for us, the, it like makes, the, the enemy hates it. He flees, he runs, he hides because he doesn't want to hear about God being glorified. And it just is powerful to share our story. You guys know this one-liner from the 21 Pilots song that some see a pen, some see me just telling a story, but I see a harpoon. I see a deadly weapon in the hands of every single one of you. When you share your story, you're just like taking a spear and you're throwing it, and God is blessing it. It's hitting the devil in the face, and he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to stop messing with this person because I can see they're all about the Lord. You guys, your story is powerful, and all of you have one, whether you went to freedom or not. Um, I want to share a quick snapshot of what God did during Freedom Weekend for those of you that were there and those of you that weren't. Check this out. The theme of the weekend, if you remember, was, and this is what I love about this theme is this is any and every Sunday. This is any and every prayer time or small group, the great exchange. God is constantly inviting us to trade in our sorrow for his joy. If you still have sorrow this morning, you can trade it in. You can invite God, take this from me and replace it with joy. It's available. He's waiting for you to ask. So that was the theme, the great, the great exchange. The hope for freedom, walk in into the weekend comes from Isaiah 4, and we're going to talk about this passage more next week. Um, Isaiah 4, 2 through 5 says, In that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. The fruit of the land will be the pride and the glory of all who survive in Israel, and all who remain in Zion will be a holy people, those who survive the destruction of Jerusalem. The Lord will cleanse his children of their bloodstains, and he will provide shade for Mount Zion and all who assemble there. We're going to press into this more next week, but during freedom we saw that we feel strongly, that we believe that God is promising this student ministry, not just for freedom, not just for today, but for the year going forward. He's promising rescue, he is promising refreshment, and he is promising revival. If you need any one of those three things in your life, it's available. God's promised it. Press in, ask for it, listen for it, As our morning rolls through, it is not just for the people that came to freedom. It is for us as a community and a family. Now, we all have stories that we can share, but we're going to highlight four for you this morning. Um, I'm going to invite my friend Bailey Thieker to cruise on up here. Give her a round of applause as she makes her way up. And uh, we'll explain the flow. So we have four people that we have talked to that have initial stories. They're not the only stories. They're just the stories we heard of first. Um, And we're going to invite them up here one at a time. And they're going to share a little bit about how God revived, refreshed, rescued them. And then we're going to give you guys a chance um, after they share to 
say like, this is how your story uh, has impacted me and I wanna encourage you in this way. It's really about us pointing at Jesus and then encouraging the person that shared. Not to share our own story, but to encourage them. I wanna let Bailey explain a little bit more about what that means and why it's so important. Yeah, so the definition of the word encourage literally means to give courage to somebody else. And so it's one of my favorite things in the world because it doesn't cost you anything to give courage to someone else. And so our hope for today is that these three students and one leader will get up and share their story and it'll give you courage in some way. Whatever season of life you're in, I think we've all experienced what it's like to hear a story or watch a movie and say, Wow, if God can do that in their life, then maybe he can do that in mine. And so if you just need courage today to believe God, or maybe you're thinking about sharing your story, but that's a little intimidating for you, our hope is that their stories will give you that courage. And then we're going to have just a little space after they share for you to encourage them back. So it just it takes a lot of guts to get up here and share your hurts and your joys with your peers. And so... For you guys, just be listening for um, things that are true and things that are good in their story. And after we're done, you can stand up, we'll hand you a mic, and just in one or two sentences, say what you heard that was good or true and affirm in them what they did. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Well said, Bailey. Take notes. Um, And if you have a story coming out of today, if you're already knowing what you want to share or you're reminded this morning what you share, uh, we encourage you guys to reach out to us in the, this afternoon and then the days and weeks to come. We want to celebrate what God has done. Well, you guys, let's start off by encouraging our first sharer, Jake. Make your way to the stage. You guys give it up for Jake Allen. All right. Just to get the ball rolling, I said it, but what's your name? Introduce yourself. Um, okay. My name is Jake. I... That's all I ask, man. Don't okay. get ahead of yourself. <laughs> Say hi, Jake. Hi. All right. Where do you go to school? I'm homeschooled, actually. All right. Um, what's, your, what's one of your favorite things about... Well, let, how long have you been at Woods Edge? I joined in maybe late 2013. Yeah, don't make me do the math. Just yeah, tell me how long. It's about five years. Yes. I've been here a really long time. All right. What's one of your favorite things about the student ministry? Definitely the small groups. Nice. Nice. All right. Well... Jake, we, you reached out to us, and you have a story to share about God's rescue, refreshment, revival. Will you share a little bit about what God did for you during freedom? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I suppose I just start at the beginning. Start at the beginning. So, um, let's see. So, back, way back, whenever I was just becoming a teenager, this is whenever it really started for me, um, I'd, I've always grown up with dyslexia, like really bad dyslexia, severe and I couldn't see numbers right, I couldn't read right. I was, I was what most people considered pretty unintelligent. And um, in my mind, I knew I wasn't, but I appeared to be that way to other people. And um, I would get bullied for it a lot. That was definitely something that happened. Um, and I, I don't know, it was just hard, you know, you can't, you're doing all these things that other people have down just like that and you have to spend like maybe 10 minutes on the same thing and it appears just people just relentlessly mock me for it and even like some of my close friends did too just as a fun sort of like hey let's poke at each other way but um, getting older that started affecting me more 
and I realized um, that like a lot of my other friends were super good at stuff and I didn't have very many talents. I mean, I had, I'm an artist, but even that, I didn't know if that was gonna go anywhere and that was the only thing I really had going for me. So whenever I joined this small group, these guys that I was with who, most of them aren't here right now because they're still sleeping. Chumps. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, we got so close, like closer than I've ever been with anyone else in my entire life. And I put everything that I cared about into this small group. Um, and growing up, like it, we only got closer and closer. And they know more about me than I think anyone else does. Um, like even some really embarrassing stuff. And Tell us those things. No, I'm not going to. <laughs> um, so whenever things, things just kept going on, and we all got older, and um, I'm going to touch back on some other stuff that happened after I tell you the rest of it, because it will make more sense then. But we got older, and we did multiple freedoms. Um, and then we got to this one. Whenever I joined, I was a year younger than everyone else in the small group because I was, the only person I knew was a guy named Daniel and he was older than me. And I was like, oh, I don't wanna go join another group, I wanna be in Daniel's group, so I lied. So I'm sorry about don't that, lie. I have to confess. Don't lie, you're forgiven. Yeah. Um, so it came to this year, this is their last year. They're all seniors, I'm still a junior and after this, everyone is going off to college. They're doing new things, getting their adult life started. And um, it felt like I was just kind of being left behind. I mean, I knew this was going to happen eventually, but I didn't know it would hit me this hard. Um, and there was, always, there was this unspoken pressure this year to make, like, I, this freedom has to be amazing. Like, something has to happen, you know? And it's got to be worth it. And um, so freedom went on, and during Saturday night, which was by far the best night, mm. um, during worship, I was singing, doing my thing. I've always felt closest to God during worship, and um, usually I don't get super emotional, but for some reason something hit me, and I didn't know what it was. But um, I, I started tearing up, I got to the point where I couldn't even sing anymore, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even stand at, at the end of it, because I just, I was just on the floor crying, not trying to talk to God, but I couldn't, I was just on the floor, and um, one of my, one of my good friends came over, and he put his arm around me, he'd had no idea what was going on, and I wouldn't tell him, but it, just the fact that people would do that for me, like, it's, it's really amazing how God can work through others to get to you at the right time. Hmm. And um, anyway, so I was trying to figure out what was going on. And I, didn't, I didn't know until I looked over at my small group and I realized I'm about to lose everything that I had ever cared about this much. Like there's, there's like normal stuff, but they were on a whole nother level and I was about to lose that completely. And I didn't see much, any other stuff going for me at the time. Like it was, it was Jake, you only have this. This is all you have and it's all gonna go away. You're just gonna get left in the dust. And it 
was destroying me on the inside. Um, because I've never felt very confident about myself. And a lot, this came to a surprise, like, so many people were surprised about this. They're like, um, they're like, but you're Jake, you don't have any problems. You're just like the lovable guy that we all know and we feel safe around. And Come here, just one of these. They were just shocked that anything like that could happen to me because I was feeling terrible. And I had been secretly feeling this way for the past five years. I saw no worth in myself. I saw no reason to be proud of anything I've done. I told myself I'm not very smart. I'm not gifted. I really have no worth in the first place. And um, so seeing all that happen unfold in front of me was pretty hard. Um, later we went to back to the house and we all sat down and I was still holding it in like an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. But eventually I was just like, okay, I give up. I'm going to tell everyone I have to say this. And um, I told everyone, like, I've I've been feeling this way for like the entire time y'all have known me, but like I don't have anything. I don't have any gifts. I don't. I'm not smart. I'm not worth anything to anybody. Mm. And um, it, it was pretty hard not to keep a straight face the whole time. I was. I don't know. This this kind of stuff doesn't happen very often, but this is like a once in a lifetime emotional experience for me. Um, and I told them, and what happened after that was something incredible. These, these guys that I've known for so long, they opened up to me and told me things that I had never heard before in my life. Um, they told me how much I meant to them and why why God truly had made me a specific kind of way for certain reasons. And I'm not going to, I wish I could say everything that they said, but one, I can't remember it perfectly. And two, that's just a lot. Um, <laughs> Don't worry about yeah. it. Some old people got lost on the highway. Oh, I hope they're okay. Um, anyways, so one of the things that the guys said I'm not going to say any names, but he he told me that Jake, you, and this is kind of a what everyone said kind of thing. It kind of covers everything. But said Jake, you you may not think that you're smart. You may not think that you're gifted. And even though that those things are definitely not true, like you are those things. There's one thing that I've always seen in you. Um, and that's that you're emotionally intelligent and you know people better than anyone that I've ever met. And I've always, like since I've met you, I've always seen you as a person that I can trust and put my faith in and get close to in the world full of people who would tear someone apart for mentioning that. And I'm not saying any of you are like that, but at the outside world, there definitely are some people. Um, but he said, 
everyone said, like, they've never found anyone else like me before, and it's always been, um, so they've always just, I lost my train of thought. Let me, let me summarize, because I'm loving what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, you went into the weekend with some deep, like, long-lasting hurts and insecurities, and just, like, questions about yourself and your, your worth. And you, you surrendered those things. You came right face to face with those things. And you're like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And you laid it down in front of your group vulnerably. And God just turned around and started speaking words of life and affirmation and value exactly. through your group to you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'd never heard any, anything like this in my entire life. And I could really feel that, um, like Justin said, God was moving through the people that, they're basically my brothers at this point. And they were, he was speaking through them. Uh, back to what the one guy was saying, he said, Jake, I've always seen a leader in you. You've always had the ability to um, speak to people and talk to people and listen in a unique way that none of us can. And I feel that the reason you feel this way about yourself is because Satan has seen you and has gone, oh my gosh, like, shoot, that is something I need to worry about right there. I need mm. to stop that. And I feel like he does this, the same thing to a lot of y'all. Um, and that, that, what he said just then, was what really hit me because, the, and deeply in my heart, that's what I've always wanted to do. <clears throat> I've always wanted to, like, talk to people and lead and inspire. I've just never felt like I was good enough to do it. Um, and it, it, this really shows how much Satan can twist your brain around. He can take what you've done and make it seem completely worthless. Whenever I was about 14, I had a surgery that fixed my chest, and I looked all over for a specific thing, but I couldn't find it. Um, but basically, whenever I was born, I was deformed, and my chest was sunken in and pressed against my heart. I couldn't do a lot of active physical things, so I was always like lightheaded and out of breath, and I'd pass out constantly. It wasn't super safe for me. And um, I had this major surgery. They told me that this was like, like a step below open heart. It was basically open heart surgery without touching my heart. They took out all my ribs and restructured my sternum and put a metal bar in there, which I was going to bring to show y'all, but I couldn't find it. But I want to see that like right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was about like this big and it was inside my chest and it was the whole week during that was the most painful week of my entire life. I don't think anyone, anything is going to compare to it in the future, but um, during that experience, I put all of my faith in God, and he, he, show, he showed me things that I had never seen. At one point, during one of the most painful nights <clears throat> of the entire week, um, they gave me all the drugs I, had, I could get. They were doing everything they could for me, and nothing was helping. And I was just praying out loud with the nurses and my family and the doctors, and for just a split second, there was a 
ring of angels surrounding the bed. It was, I didn't know what I was seeing at first, but there's stuff like that in my life that has happened that Satan made me completely just throw away. Like, that's not important, Jake. That was fake. That was in your head. You're, you don't have anything. You don't, you're not, you're worthless pretty much. Like, that's, that's about what describes you. You said that you've always desired to be a leader, but, you know, not so much, no opportunity, but the Lord has affirmed you. And I would just say, you're leading all of us right now, like right now by sharing. So, way to go. And I would also say to you that the way that you're leading is the most powerful way any of us can ever lead, by being vulnerable and just sharing where we're at. I think one of the reasons God moved on your behalf and rescued you, refreshed you, and is reviving you, all tie into the one thing, and it touches on your story from being in the hospital, is you weren't afraid to get close up to your pain and talk to Jesus about it. So you're inspiring now, we us We didn't do this before, after Jake, that. so I'm gonna couple Jake in with Lily, but I wanna pray for Lily, and I wanna pray for us as we hear Lily's testimony. You guys bow your heads with me. Jesus, thank you so much for what we just heard from Jake. Lord, just evidence that you move, and you move in miraculous ways. You move over time. Uh, you speak life to us supernaturally and just through our friends. Uh, may we all hunger more for more for community and discovering what you have for us and how you want to use what we perceive as weakness. Lord, bless Lily as she shares with us. I am so impressed by her story. I've already heard it a couple times this weekend, and it is lovely and it is wonderful, and I pray that you would use it and use her to encourage and inspire everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys be taking notes as you listen to Miss Lily, but Lily, just to get the ball rolling, um, let's have Bailey ask you a couple starter questions. What's your name, Lily? My name's Lily. <laughs> Woo-hoo! And what grade are you in? I'm in eighth grade. In eighth grade. And yes. so what school do you go to? I go to Creekside Park Junior High. Right there. Very cool. Awesome. How long have you been at Woods Edge? I've been here since August, so not even a year. Oh, not even a year? No. What's mm-hmm. up? Welcome. <laughs> what, what's something you love about the student ministry? Um, I love the community and how just everyone's there for one another. Yeah. So, I mean, Me it's too. really neat. <laughs> Me too. Lily took the time to write out her testimony, and it is fantastic. And I would encourage you guys, just listen. Go for it, girl. Okay. So I am so thankful for just all that God does and continues to do in my life. Um, I definitely have way too many flaws to ever be perfect, but I have way too many blessings to ever be ungrateful. And before Freedom Weekend began, I was just, I was dealing with a lot. I I struggled with anxiety to the point where it was just ruling my life more than God's truth. Um, I was depressed. I was giving to a lot of bad temptations. Um, I felt really unloved and alone and worthless. Um, Going into this weekend, I believed that I was broken beyond repair. I believed that I wasn't that I wasn't good enough. Um, When I was nine years old, my grandpa he abused me. And as a result, I suffered with just years of depression and and suicidal thoughts. And I always told myself that I had forgiven my grandpa. But the truth is, I just pushed 
that hurt down so deep and the pain was still there. I just didn't want to believe it. I blame myself for what happened and I beat myself up because I felt like I wasn't brave enough. I was letting the fear and anxiety from my past just define and guide my future. Instead of coming to God daily in prayer, he just became a thing I needed in emergencies. My prayer going into freedom was that God would show me that he was real. I was having just so many doubts of the night before freedom that I just had to pray. I said, you know, God, I don't even know who I am anymore. And I don't even know if you're there. I pray this weekend that you would just show me your love and mercy. And I pray that you would show me your presence and that you were there. I want to believe it, but I don't know how. Show me what you have for me. I was feeling anxious when I arrived at my host home on Friday night, and I could feel the enemy just really getting a foothold into my life. And he was making me feel like I just didn't belong, and I shouldn't even be there. That night, though, during our first small group, um, I began to feel more at ease. Um, I believe this is because of just all the incredibly sweet girls in my group, and especially my amazing leaders, um, Krista, Caitlin, and Fallon. And they were so kind, compassionate, and loving towards all of us and each other. Um, But for some reason, though, I still felt so nervous. And my whole body was just shaking, and um, I wouldn't stop. And the nervous feeling continued during worship, and I was feeling really anxious. That night, Pastor Justin talked about confessing our sins, and he talked a lot about we are not defined by our flaws. I was reminded in a Bible verse in 2 Corinthians, and it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This verse just hit me really hard, and it reminded me that I am nothing without God. And it also reminded me that with God, there's nothing I can't do. That night, after small groups, my leader, Caitlin, told me she had a vision of me during worship. She said she saw me covered in chains, but the the cross was right in front of me. She said my chains were holding me down, and she knew that I just wanted to be free. Then one of my other leaders, Krista, told me, she said, you know, you've been on my heart and my prayers a lot lately, and I see what you're struggling with. And you carry the burdens of others instead of carrying your own. And I want to tell you something. You are braver than you know. Your mistakes and flaws are not who you are. There is a reason for the pain and the hurt that you've been through. And the mountains and valleys that caught you here, they were not accidents. Those moments were not in vain. And you are loved. There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. You are so brave even when you do not feel like it. Through Caitlin and Krista and others, God showed me his love in ways that are beyond my comprehension. All the girls in my group were incredible too, and they showed me love even when I didn't love myself. Um, um, The whole weekend we played a game, and if any of us talked about it about ourselves, we would get slapped. (laughs) 
Um, all the girls told me by the end of the weekend, I would go home with bruises if I kept talking so negatively about myself. Shout out to Kayla. She's loved me so many times. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> I came into Freedom Weekend believing the worst about myself. And then God just did something huge. I was still having so many doubts about whether I had a purpose in life and if God even heard my prayers. Um, for so long, I've just felt like I kept running into the same wall. I confessed my sins, I asked God for grace and forgiveness and help with all my struggles, but then I just keep on giving into the same temptations. And the process just repeats over and over again. On Saturday night, Pastor Justin, he talked about how we can be blinded by our own sin. And we confess it all we want, but if we don't give up the root of our sin, then we aren't completely free. That's when I knew that I wasn't completely free. I blamed myself for waiting for a while to tell my parents that I was abused. I blamed myself for my depression and anxiety. I blamed myself for almost committing suicide. I blamed myself for the temptations that I gave into. I blamed myself for feeling like I wasn't good enough. I blamed myself for not receiving God's grace and following Him into the future. That night, though, God showed me things in a different way. During worship, Pastor Justin, um, he told us to ask God what he had for us. And then he invited God to show us something. My prayer in that moment was this. God, I don't have the words. I am so confused. I don't even know what to ask for. And I don't even know if you are there. I feel hopeless. And God, I pray that you would just show me what you have for me. The second I finished praying, I just broke into tears. I didn't even know why I was crying. For five minutes, I just sat there sobbing. For a while, I didn't hear anything. And my whole body was just shaking. And then I got, and then just, um, when I started to feel my hopelessness setting in again, I got the weirdest, most amazing feeling I've ever felt. The whole front half of my body went cold, and the back, it was warm. And I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but I could just feel the Holy Spirit's presence. And it was as if all of my anxiety and doubts and fears just vanished at that very moment. I suddenly had a vision, and it was of hundreds of people in that room with me. In that vision, they all had words of gratitude written all over them. And they were praising God for all that they'd, he'd done for them. And right above me was the cross. And I saw myself, and that version of myself had no chains. And I was free, and I was running to Jesus. There were no chains or burdens holding me down anymore. At that moment, it was just, it was as if I heard God saying, my child, look around you. I have always been there for you, and I will always be there for you. Through all of your highs and lows, there I was also. Look around this room. This is proof that I am here with you, and this room is filled with my spirit. At the moment, the tears really started coming, um, 
But this time there were tears of joy. I was so overwhelmed by God's love and comfort, and God truly showed me that he was there. Because that was the moment that God gave me forgiveness towards my grandpa. After that, some girls in my small group, um, Kayla, Humphus, Audrey, Clark, and Ella Mullins, um, just came up to me and covered me in just love and prayer, and I felt so special and cared for. I sat there in awe, and I just prayed a gratitude, a prayer of gratitude <laughs> towards God. Um, then I felt led to open my Bible, and I asked God to speak to me. And as I looked down, my finger landed on Proverbs 12, verse 1, which says, Whoever loves discipline also loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. And I realized as I read those words that I had not been teachable. I had not been listening to God. I had been choosing my own path. I had been relying on my own strength. And I realized that my heart had been hard like stone. That night, I laid it all down before Jesus, and he released me from my chains. Jesus showed me that he is there and always has been there, even when I couldn't see it. Through Freedom Weekend, God showed me his love in amazing ways. He showed me that he has never left me and that he never will. He showed me that without him, nothing is possible. Since Freedom Weekend, the burdens I am carrying are gone. I've realized that my flaws do not define me, and in him, I am a new creation. This is not my testimony or my story, but it's his. One of his many testimonies of his power and of his love. So never forget that to every single one of this, you in this room, you aren't defined by your flaws or your mistakes. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made by a creator who loves us beyond our comprehension. No matter how many times we mess up, he is always there for us. To him be the glory. Amen. Lily, I could just listen to you tell that story over and over. Thank you for sharing. Would you guys give it up for Miss Lily? Well done. <laughs> ask Paul questions first, and then we're going to pray, and then he'll just go straight into telling your story. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, so your name is Paul. Welcome. What grade are you in? Um, I'm a junior. Right now? Junior? What school do you go to? Oak Ridge High School. Oak Ridge. And how long have you been at Woods Edge? Uh, since 2011, so about seven years. Very cool. And what's your favorite color? Uh, probably small groups, absolutely. That's cool. just the community with the guys there is really good. Cool. Well, let's pray for Paul, and then he's going to share his story for, with us. Um, well, God, I thank you for Paul. God, I thank you that you have given him the courage to come up and share what you're doing in his life. Um, and God, that you have done mighty things. Um, and Lord, that you are raising him up to be a leader God, we ask that you would speak through Paul and that you would use his story to encourage these students and to encourage these leaders too. Um, God, even just reading his story, I've been inspired and I've been encouraged. And so God, I ask that you would use it in the lives of our students. And we thank you for Paul. We ask that you bless him. It's in Jesus' name. Take it away, man. 
<clears throat> okay, where to start? Um, so, let's see. Um, so, I um, have always been raised in church. It's been kind of uh, just pretty natural for me to, to be in community and in Christian community. But uh, ever since last Freedom Weekend, uh, 2017 was really uh, a really powerful year for me regarding my faith in God and my, my, uh, my life with Him. Um, and so this has been like the first Freedom Weekend when I came in kind of already connected with God and really looking for the way that He wanted to grow me. Because um, in the past, Freedom had been kind of like, because uh, this is my fifth Freedom, Freedom had been kind of more of a reconnection opportunity and more of a way that I could... Um, come back to God, and, and instead of a way that I could kind of grow and become further in Him, and so I was really excited going to this year. Um, however, uh, over the past uh, year and about two months or so, uh, and, and actually, well, I should preface, you know, since I've been rather young, something that I've struggled with has been pornography, and over the past year and two months or so, something that I've struggled with has been uh, marijuana. And that's been, I, I really, regarding those two things, I've really felt a whole lot of regret and shame and, and guilt regarding those things. I never really wanted to share them. I never wanted to, well, specifically the marijuana. The pornography has been, uh, the past couple of years has been a bit of growth there. But as far as the marijuana, that was never something I talked about. I was always afraid of it. And actually going into freedom, uh, you know, I was like, God, you know, I really don't want you to talk about that. You know, I was just like, I don't want to touch that. Just let that, I don't want to deal with that right now. And so I was really kind of afraid of that going in. And so um, I, I, and another thing was that I was kind of in denial about it. I kind of believed that it wasn't uh, a sin. I really justified it in a lot of ways. And I, I thought that, you know, you know, God didn't really care or that it was just, you know, it didn't lead me into other sins or things like that. And so I really lied to myself in a lot of ways regarding that. And so I really repressed those emotions of shame and guilt and tried not to address them ever. Um, and so on coming into freedom, I was really nervous about that. But uh, so, of course, on Friday night, um, Justin was really asking us a lot of questions, trying to get us to look into some of our sorrow. And he, the specific question that really kind of rocked me was, he said, what's the one thing you don't want God to address? And so, you know, of course, you know, the, the marijuana thing popped in my head, and I was just like, oh, man, <laughs> okay, all right, you know, I, I understand now why you'd want to address that. Um, and so, that night, it was really, it really it took a whole lot to, to be willing to share that. And so God really moved me and, and convicted me of that. And so I shared that with my small group that night. And that was very difficult. It was very, uh, I was really nervous about it. And something kind of regarding that that has always been in the back of my mind is that I was really afraid that if I told anyone about it or is that if I shared it, that God would take away something that I loved in order to teach me a lesson about it. And so I was really, really nervous that by sharing it, that God was going to see that and he was going to say, you know, okay, you did all this stuff, so I'm going to take away blank just so you learn your lesson. And so I was really nervous about that going into that, but my small group just absolutely encouraged me, and, and they really just showed me how important confession is and how supportive people are when you do confess to the right people. Um, and so uh, that night on Friday, actually, God kind of 
began the refreshment process in a way. He, he revealed to me that because I was not, uh, I, I had been walking with him in a way, and I, was, I, w- I would, you know, pray with him daily, and I would read his word, and I was worshiping pretty consistently, but I was never really truly walking with him, and I was never really being close with him, and uh, I wasn't seeking his pleasure, the, the joy and the pleasure that he had planned for me. And so because I desired the pleasure, I went to the world for that, and that manifested itself in pornography and marijuana. And that was kind of the, the, the thing that I turned to whenever I wanted to feel good about myself or feel good about a specific thing or whatever. And so God kind of revealed to me that because I was never running towards him and seeking that pleasure, that... I would go to the world. And so then uh, he kind of showed me that he doesn't hate pleasure because that was something that I kind of believed in myself was that, you know, oh, if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm not going to be able to experience joy in blank. I'm not going to be able to do blank. And so I kind of, it frustrated me in a way because I was like, oh, God, why are the things that you want for me not pleasurable? And I kind of, I really believed that, honestly. And so he kind of revealed to me that that wasn't true, and that instead of not liking pleasure, he just wished that we find that pleasure in him. Um, and so he led me to a verse in Second Chronicles, uh, or sorry, in uh, John 10.10, 10, and he said, a thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they have may, may have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. And kind of discovering that and really seeing that that was truthful and that he really did desire that I would find pleasure in him, and then live my life to the fullest. That was really encouraging. Um, And that was just on Friday night. And so throughout the weekend, I I had been actually reading a a book by John Eldridge called Walking with God. It's an incredible book. I suggest you all read it. Um, And God really worked through that in a lot of ways. And in the book, it talks about how God truly seeks intimacy with us. And he really wants to be close with us and to be our friend and not just our father, yes, but not just that, to be close with us and to be uh, to be in every area of our lives. And I'd never thought of it that way. He was always kind of just a person that I knew was my friend in a way, but he was more just like, I would go to him every now and then, and I would, I would praise him, and, and I was thankful for his grace and things like that, but I never really thought of him being intimate as a best friend or a parent or a girlfriend would or, or et cetera. And so, um, and that, that was the Second Chronicles verse 15 two, and it says, whenever you seek him, you will find him. And so, that was kind of the thing that God reminded me of, was that he did want to have a relationship with me, and he did really want to be close with me, and he wanted to be intimate with me. So, um, Saturday was uh, really, really kind of the, the day that really solidified the way I was feeling about all of this. Um, and I read those two verses in quiet time on, on Saturday. So I was kind of thinking about that going into the day. And even after I confessed the thing about marijuana to my group, I was still really feeling worried, and I was really nervous about where that would go. And so, um, and I wasn't sure if I was ready to confess to my parents and to my girlfriend and, and to other people as well, and I was still really kind of on the edge about that. And so, uh, you know, on Saturday, Justin was talking about the root of the problem, and God, of course, revealed that to me in that, you know, because I was seeking the world's pleasure instead of his pleasure. Um, but, so that was kind of... Uh, solidified that really for me was that that was from God and that that was really what was causing that in a lot of ways. And so on Saturday night, um, I should also say the intimacy thing, I want to expand on that. Uh, It's kind of 
I've never really experienced true intimacy with him, I would say. Um, I would kind of get glimpses of that in worship, and I would kind of experience his presence in some ways and kind of see the way that he would speak into my life and through his word. But I never really experienced that, and so that was kind of like, oh, wow, you know, this is a whole other aspect of God that I haven't discovered yet. And so on Saturday night, it was really, really cool um, how worship became an outlet for that for me. Um, this, okay, specifically, the song So Will I is, I think that's an anointed song. It's an incredible song. And I think, you know, there was a point on Saturday night whenever Justin asked the whole room to kneel. And then they started playing the, the first, like, guitar chords of that, and, like, as soon as I, like, that happened, I was just, I felt God in me and God around me, and God in the room in every aspect, and that, uh, you know, once it got to the very, very last verse of the song when, you know, it says, you know, God of salvation, you chased on my heart through all my failure and pride, and it says, and as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear, and I, you know, at that point, I was just bawling, I was just, like, I had already been crying the day before, and I was just, like, so... I felt his love in a new way that I'd never experienced before. And it really just reminded me of his grace and how powerful it is. And that no matter what I had done, I didn't need to feel regretful about it because, or about that because his grace washed me white as snow. Um, and so then it was kind of Sunday morning was really the, the time that God kind of called me to action. Um, uh, another, another thing is that last year freedom was kind of the point whenever I turned towards God and I ran towards him for the full year. But I would say that um, I had never really left with a specific thing I knew I needed to do. This is what my plan was. It was more of just like, yeah, I experienced revival and I wanted to continue it. But he specifically this year called me to do two things. He, desi- he called me to seek and find the true pleasure that he has planned for me and to seek and find the true intimacy that he has to desire with me. And so that... That is like knowing specifically what he desires for me and knowing specifically what he has planned for me for this year is really, really exciting because I know there's specific things that I can do that will lead me to that. And it's not just like a, I'm kind of lost. I don't really know where I'm going. It's like, oh yeah, I experienced this incredible weekend, but I don't know where I'm going from there. Um, And so he also reminded me of the fact that more sorrow will come and that the sorrow is, is a part of life that we all have to deal with, but it's important that I stay diligent and dedicated to the fact that I'm seeking his pleasure and I'm seeking his intimacy. Um, and that, that will show up in other ways in my life and that, you know, I can serve others and love others. Um, and finally, the main thing that he reminded me of was that this is going to be a day-to-day thing. This is not just going to be, I experienced Freedom Weekend and, you know, I think about it every now and then and it's like, I'm really, really encouraged by it or whatever. This is like, I wake up every day, I know why I'm alive, I know why I'm awake, I know exactly what God has planned for me, and even if I don't know the specifics about day-to-day stuff, I know that I'm going to do whatever it is for him. Um, and so this new season of life for me is, is really, really exciting because I'm looking at it through a different lens and I'm kind of seeing God in a different way as more of a, uh, a true father figure than less of a, um, just a person that sees me and I'm, I talk to him every now and then. Um, so finding that, that intimacy from him for, with him is kind of, and finding that pleasure is part of what has led me out of sin. And so, uh, I kind of would like to encourage all of you that Freedom Weekend, yes, it's incredible. It's an awesome experience. It always has been and it always will be, but there's more work to be done. And God absolutely 
has a plan for you and for you to leave Freedom Weekend and use what he did at Freedom Weekend to lead your life in the following year. And so I, I just encourage all of you to discover what that is and, and, and pray about that and press into that and read his word and, and have him remind you of what that plan is for you. And um, so. Yes. Good job. Well, Paul, I really love your story, and your story was really encouraging for me in the season of my life, too. Um, I think that it's pretty easy to believe that God is trying to rob us of something, and I think that's always been the enemy's ploy, right? Like, he did that to Adam and Eve. So he's always been trying to convince us that God's trying to steal something from us or trying to take away our joy or our pleasure, Um, and I love that God communicated to you, like, no, I'm, I'm doing this because there's ultimate joy in me. And so you being able to, like having the boldness to get up here and share that with us um, is a really good reminder for my heart that, that, yeah, there's ultimate pleasure, ultimate joy, ultimate life found only in Jesus. And so prohibiting you from any of that other stuff is only for your good. And so I love that. Well, we have one more story, and it's our sweet, lovely Taylor. So Taylor is not a student, so she's not in a grade, but will you just kind of tell us what what you do here at Woods Edge, how you're involved here? Yeah, okay, so I'm not a student. So many people think I'm a student. (laughs) I'm not, I promise. (laughs) Um, So we started coming here in the beginning of the summer. I think Bailey asked us to start helping with the info desk, and then um, they really just didn't get rid of me um, because I just... (laughs) I I love it. I love it so much. I was really involved um, in the youth group at my church whenever I was in like seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, and then I distanced myself from that. So just being back in this environment with all of you guys is just like, it's crazy. I just love it. And I love doing it as a leader instead of as a kid. It's just a different perspective, and it's awesome. Yeah, so you're not just at the info desk anymore. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, I lead uh, seventh grade girls, one of the groups, on Wednesdays. Yeah. And her husband, Jack, is taking pictures in the back, and he works here on the comm team, too, but they they both lead small groups. Yeah, he's not just a weirdo just taking pictures of you guys. It's his (laughs) job. Yeah. So you're the best. Well, I would love to hear your story again. I mean, I, I got to read all the stories before Sunday, and they have, like, gotten me through the week. And so yours is really powerful, and I would love to hear it. Okay. All right. So for um, a while, about eight years, I held on to sin that I had that I felt like, like, like a lot of you guys said, like, we have this sin that we just don't even want to talk about. Like, we don't want to address. Like, I felt just shameful. Like, I couldn't even talk to God about it. Um, but he, he's in there. Like, he knows. Um, so it hindered me by making me feel like I couldn't do what God has called me to do. Um, and, I mean, it's something obvious. Like, if anybody ever met me, um, they would know what it was. And I feel like, you know, I couldn't truly be a part of the student ministry um, in the way that I felt called to called to be, um, just because I almost felt like, like I wouldn't be taken seriously. Um, it's, it's hard to explain how I felt, but doing the best I can. Um, so I felt hindered. Uh, you know, I also, in the past couple of months, I've really felt called to, um, start kind of like an online ministry in a way. So like, 
um, you know, for the past few years or whatever, I've really been like working on my uh, social media platforms for X, Y, and Z, but then it just kind of like was all stripped away from me. And then God revealed like, this is why that this has been happening. So, um, you know, I mean, y'all are in the generation where social media is such a big thing. It's what, it's what we're always doing, whatever. Um, and I just feel like there's so much negativity out there that I just really wanted to be a positive influence through that. Um, but I felt, I felt hindered. Like, um, again, um, if you know me, like it's obvious, it's obvious what it was that I struggled with. So I just felt like, again, like I just wouldn't be taken seriously. Um, so like, it's almost as if I was kind of waiting for the world to forgive me and to give me validation when really, obviously all I needed was to repent and just to just give it to God so that I could be done with it. So I could move on so that he could forgive me. Um, and I, I just, it needed to be gone. Um, you know, I also, I also felt hindered as a mom and as a wife, which is the most important role that I have been blessed with. Um, and I kind of felt like, like I'm really big in leading by example. And I just felt like I was not setting a good example, even though it's just because I was holding on to what happened, not because of any, anything else, but just holding on to things, like it, it weighs you down and you doubt yourself a lot. Um, so I think the initial turning point for me um, during Freedom Weekend was seeing my husband Jack just so effortlessly worshiping the Lord with his seventh grade boys, which was just like the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my life. I have two kids, and that was sweeter. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy how God can speak to us by something so small. Not that that's small, but, like, it was just, like, two seconds I saw that, and it was just, like, everything changed. But it was crazy because, um, uh, like, two days before Freedom Weekend, I was doing my quiet time, and I finally was just like, okay, like, I'm about to go spend the weekend with these students. Like, I need this off of my heart. Like, I need to be filled up, and I need to be as strong as I can be for whatever they're going to need from me. Um, so it was two days before that. After eight years of struggling with what I'd struggled with, I finally was just like, God, this is what I did. I know that you know, but like, I'm ready for you to just take it away from me. Like, I'm sick of having it. Um, and so it was so cool. Like, in that moment, it was like, God was telling me, like, okay, like, you are forgiven. Like, you can move on. Um, you know, just keep going. Like, I have big plans for you, and you can't hold on to this anymore. Um, so just throughout the rest of the weekend, I got, I got a lot more validation um, through, through other leaders and through a couple of students, just like, it was like the Lord was speaking through them, just like this dream that I have in my heart for what I want my online ministry to be, um, just like to stop holding back and to stop thinking like, maybe that's not what God wants, just because I know that it's going to take effort and work. Um, and just to go for it, because that's, that's what I'm cut out to do. Um, and then I feel like um, 
like I'm no longer ashamed for lack of better words. Like I said, it's hard to put this into words, but I feel like I'm no longer ashamed because um, like to be a part of the student ministry, which sounds weird. Like I'm not ashamed to be a part of the student ministry. I just felt like, like I wouldn't be as val- like valuable. I'm not, I'm not sure how to word it, but I felt like, like this is really where God has called me to be. Um, and so it's just cool to feel like release from that because I know that God will use my story and he will use, you know, what I went through and the struggles that I had to, um, I think to help a lot of you. And as I get to the point of knowing each of you better, I mean, there's so many of you that I like want to meet and I want to have a relationship with that I probably haven't even spoken to you yet, but I watch you from a distance and you guys are pretty cool. Um, so just, I know, like, I know what I went through. 99% of you are going through. So it's just going to be cool. Like, I'm excited to be able to use my story to, to help you guys and to encourage you guys and to use it for God's glory and not let Satan hinder me with it anymore. Mm. Yeah. So, Taylor, just to get you to elaborate in a couple areas, um, you had mentioned that God had used a couple people throughout the week and the weekend leading up to all of this to encourage you and affirm you as you're kind of working through these things. And they didn't even know that that stuff was going on. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, um, Brooke, it was funny. The last, so I recently, well, kind of in the last, you know, nine months or whatever, I started a blog. Um, and so the last post I did, I think like right before freedom, I had said something like about Brooke in it and I had asked her whatever. So she read it. Um, so I had just, I, I put in there the things that she had said to me and then she came up to me and she was just saying like how cool it was that I did that and how she felt famous for a second or whatever. Um, and like, I feel like I've been working on it for so long and that I, um, I put a lot of pressure on myself for it to grow super quickly, um, where that's just not the reality of it. So I've like felt, um, not negatively about it, but like, it's just not what I want it to be yet. So I've just felt bad about it. So it was just really cool for her to encourage me that way without her even knowing. Um, and then like right before 1230 on Sunday, I think it was like the last thing Justin had said about, um, we are a click away from so many people, from so many relationships we can have all over the world. Uh, and if your parents don't let you have Instagram, um, I'm not encouraging it. But um, like you, you see, like I have made relationships with people that I would have never met that like I really feel connected to them. Um, but we're just so, it's so easy for us to influence so many people. So why not, you know, let them know how Freedom Weekend was. That's what he said. Just, you know, like, put something out there that mm. that will encourage someone. So that was just one more thing that I was like, okay, I hear you. Mm. I'll do it. <laughs> well, we love having you as part of, you and Jack, as part of our student ministry so much and have always. Oh, thank that. you. I missed most of Paul's, but I know his story, and I heard Jake, and I heard Lily, and now I've heard you, Taylor, and you know, a common thread that I'm seeing in all of these is that each of the four that you've heard this morning, and if you missed the first two, you can listen to them later online, but, um, and really all of you, if we take our pain and we hand it over to Jesus, like each of these four was required to do at some point, God will take our pain and he will reveal the purpose of it. 
And as a result, like we discover our purpose in it. Um, I love how you guys are encouraging Taylor and Lily and Jake and Paul, but look, I could only just look back at all of you and encourage you in the same way. You all have a right. You all have a story to be up here and share. Um, you guys, would you please, one last time, give it up for our final storyteller, Taylor. Well done. Well done. All right. You guys, I'm going to wrap us up with some closing thoughts. Sounds a little Jerry Springer-esque. I don't know if you get that reference, but it did. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you don't get that reference. Um, all right. We are going to... We, I made a social media post yesterday that's going to go live in about 25 minutes um, on Instagram and Facebook, and I encourage you to go and check it out. Um, we will also be making your, it's yours, highlight video available in, later today or tomorrow, so you can share that with your friends. I don't know if we can share it on Instagram because it's so long, but it'll definitely be on Facebook. Um, figure it out. You're smarter than me. So I want to read a scripture to you, and then I want to share the challenge that I feel like the Lord has asked me to share um, and I'm going to start the challenge off by just sharing something. I don't know if all of you were in here, but when Lily shared her story, she said that in the midst of freedom, in the midst of God moving and working in her, he spoke to her on the floor right here in this room and gave her a vision of us, of every one of us in this room, this student ministry. And in her vision, she saw us with words of gratitude written on ourselves and I didn't put that together until now, but my challenge is the fulfillment of that vision. And so if you will obey this challenge, if you will own this challenge, if you will in some way, shape, or form take a step towards Jesus in this challenge, her vision's gonna become a reality literally in less than 24 hours. And that's phenomenal, and that's encouraging, and that's exciting. And I don't know if I heard like a clap or a cough, but you should clap for that, because God knew what we were gonna be doing today. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, and this is just this beautiful version of this passage from our friends that wrote The Voice down at Ecclesia. You are here, you are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. I didn't make you light bearers to hide you under a bed. I'm going to hold you up for all to see, so shine, students. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will inspire people to open up with God. Who feels inspired this morning as a result of these people opening up their hearts? I do too. Clap for them because it was a hard thing to do. You have, right this moment, whether or not your own personal story, you just heard four that you could share, you could open up, you could be generous with, and do the exact same thing that was just done to you. You can encourage someone by pointing out, there's... I, Jesus is right over there. I, I, I heard something that Jesus did this morning. Um, I heard a scripture today, and it's changed the way that I think about myself. You guys have stories. You have everything more than you need 
to be impactful and encourage people in your spheres of influence. I'm gonna read this challenge to you, it's short, and this is basically what you're gonna see online. Students, we are challenging each and every one of you to take a step of faith and celebrate what God did for you during Freedom Weekend. If you didn't go to Freedom Weekend, then I'm challenging you to take a step of faith and share and celebrate what God has done for you this year. It can be anything. Step number one in this three-step process is go and visit our Instagram page or our Facebook page, and there you'll find a link to our Smug Mug page, our Smug Mug account. It's just where we keep all of our photos. And so show me my picture with all the photos. These are your snapshots that we took of you guys on Freedom Sunday, and everyone that got their picture taken is featured here, and your photos, these photos, are on this account. So if you go to Instagram, you'll find this link in our bio, because apparently that's the only way you could put links. Or you go to Facebook or, you know, hack your parents' account and go to Facebook on theirs. Um, go and find your picture and pull it, download it, save it, and then write your story. Write out what it means that you wrote down. What does it mean that you traded fear for joy? It can be a page. It can be a sentence. But post what God did in your life you can do it on social media. You can do it in a conversation with a friend. You can just talk to your parents and say, you know, I'm really pressed into what God did for me at Freedom, what I saw at Freedom. But go and visit our page and get your photo. Um, answer one or all of these questions. Show me my next slide. The theme for Freedom was rescue, refresh, and revive. These were our hopes going into it. So how did God rescue you? You can answer that one or you can tag and answer two. How did God refresh you? How did God revive you? You guys, these are simple questions that you can take five minutes, two minutes, and answer in a simple way and just share. Just be the light that God created you to be. Take a step of faith. Who knows who's going to reach out to you and say, your story that you posted this afternoon or last week, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. You have no idea how much that encouraged me. Thank you for doing that. I promise if you take this step of faith, God will reward you in some very specific and powerful way. Um, and if you want, it's not a, I'm not saying it for the tackiness or self-promotion, but if you tag we students in your post, we would love to take your story the extra mile, but you don't have to. It can be all about you and Jesus. I want to invite us to respond to what we've heard this morning, to respond to what God has done in our midst this weekend. Um, as the band makes their way forward, I will also remind you that if you have a story that social media just won't do, uh, just a person, like you want it to go far and wide, we as your student staff would love to hear it. You can write it down on a card today and hand it to us or drop it off in the doors. But God blesses us so that we can go and be a blessing. So don't keep your story to yourself. Don't keep what you've seen God do to yourself. He didn't bless us so we could hide it under the bed. He blessed us so that we could shine to anyone, everyone that we know. Um, here's how the rest of our 15 minutes or so is gonna play out. We have an opportunity to bring tithes and offerings and just declare to God, you are more important to me. I rely on you. You can do more for me than the paper in my pocket, than the money in my bank account. So we tithe and we offer to support the work of God at church, but also to just say thank you, and I trust you more than cash. 
We have communion available. We can come and just say, thank you, Jesus. The only reason anybody heard from God this weekend, the only reason that anybody experienced life change this weekend is because our Savior, Jesus Christ, went to the cross in our place and he died on that cross and paid the price for our sins so that right this minute, every one of us in God's sight is clean and good and perfect and ready for intimate relationship. And if there's something that's standing between you and that understanding, lay lay it down this morning. Give it to Jesus this morning. Ask him to take your pain and flip it and show you his purpose in it. And then we have worship. You guys, I want us to see a revival in our worship this spring. I want us, the song we sang at the beginning, we're coming back to the heart of worship. Worship is simply and only saying, Jesus, you're more important than me. You're bigger than me. I can't be here without you. I want you guys to sing and take advantage of these people using their gifts and talents to bless us and just declare God's goodness. When we're finished with worship, I have a little something to say about baptisms. And baptisms are available to anyone, everyone, that wants to give their life to Jesus this morning, today, or recommit. So stick around when we're done with worship. Would you guys stand with me and I'm gonna pray us into these moments. Jesus, thank you for the courage of our peers as they came up and shared and just bared their soul about what they have struggled with, what you have rescued them from, how you have refreshed them in clear, tangible ways, how you have not only revived them, but you are reviving us. We want to see ongoing revival. So we respond to you this morning in gratitude and in thanksgiving. Would you remind each of us, what are my words of gratitude? What do I have to be thankful for? And as you reveal that, would we share it? Would we speak it out? Would we declare words of praise and thanks instead of complaint and selfishness? Lord, remind us of your goodness as you have been reminding us of your goodness this morning. Bless our response. In Jesus' name, amen. Respond as you feel led, you guys.